0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Y'all doing all right? Welcome to church. My name's Keith, uh, I'm the campus pastor here. If it's your first time, we're so glad that you're with us today. We hope that uh, you know we are praying over just the service. We have people who come in and pray before service and pray over the chairs. One of our, our greatest desires is that when you walk in this place, uh, that you don't just get knowledge and you don't just get good good songs, but you actually get him. You actually feel his presence. That that when you walk in, when you leave this place, you you would know God was in there. God was there and he changed me. And so uh, we're just believing that for you and hope that you just experience him today in, in multiple ways. I'm excited to get to share with you this morning. If you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. These are the words of Jesus. I think uh, this is one of those portions of scripture that you should, you should go to, uh, many of us need to go to quite often, and uh, the reason I say that is because it talks about being anxious, anxious, it talks about worry, and it talks about fear. Anybody else ever deal with that every once in a while? Anybody ever get anxious every once in a while? You know what I'm anxious for right now? For my kids to get out of my house and back into that school building, right? Get out. It's time. No, I'm kidding. I love them a lot, but they're really annoying. Okay, moving on. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. Let's dive in here, and I'll tell you what we're going to talk about today. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Look at the command from Jesus here. He says, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? In which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. Now here's the two portions of the scripture, the two verses that I really want you to pay attention to today. Notice what the Gentiles, notice what non-believers, notice what the people that don't know Jesus yet, notice what they concentrate on. Notice what they seek after. They seek after all those things. They seek after the things that get them fed. They seek after the the ways they need to be clothed, what to drink. In other words, they're anxious about their life, the things that they need, the things that they want. And they, they actually go after seeking after those things because they think by seeking after those things, they will get those things. But how many of you know that the kingdom of God works completely different? The kingdom of God doesn't work that way. Jesus goes on to tell you how it does work. He says the Gentiles seek after these things And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And here's his way of doing things. He says in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. Come on, say the kingdom. kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Today I want to talk to you about a phrase that I heard from the Lord as I woke up this week. I knew I was going to be going in a different direction, a new series, a new message. And I woke up and I heard, I've never heard these two words together, but I heard the Lord say, kingdom opportunity. If you have, uh, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write down those, those two words. He said, kingdom opportunity. Opportunity. I began to ask the Lord, all right, what, what, what actually are you saying with these two words? What, what is kingdom opportunity? Well, all of us know what opportunity is, right? Opportunity, we, we, we use other words to describe a type of opportunity. If, you're, if you get a promotion at your job or a, prom, or a brand new job, you, you would come and you would tell your friends, you'd tell your family, man, I got this really good opportunity, When you have these moments to grow or to step into new leadership or to do something completely new, it's a new opportunity. I believe that in this coming season, the Lord just continues to speak to me. If you've been coming for the last month, you've heard me say, he gave me this phrase, be ready for the fall. Be ready for this next season. I always feel like I have to describe what the fall is. I'm talking about like summer, spring, fall, not like be ready for the fall. It's going to get bad. No, no, no. Be ready for this next season that is coming up. And I, and I believe what he's be beginning to show me is that for many of us, for, for most of us in this body, there is going to be kingdom opportunities that are going to come our way. And if, to, and if we want to capitalize on them, we better be ready. I want to say that uh, just, just one more time, make sure that you get it. In this next season, there will be kingdom opportunities that will come your way. And in order for you to capitalize and receive the blessing that the opportunity will bring, you have to be ready. What am I saying? There is going to be opportunities in the kingdom that are going to come to your, come to your life. Opportunities to do kingdom things, opportunities to advance the kingdom, opportunities that are the kingdom, opportunities to to, to bring influence, opportunities to bring uh, kingdom into your business, into your family, Uh, opportunities for you to grow and and to advance personally. Kingdom opportunity is coming your way. Nobody thought that was a good word, but that's pretty encouraging, I thought. There's opportunity in the kingdom. And you know how I know this to be true? Because the kingdom is way bigger than we could ever imagine. There is tons of opportunity in the kingdom. I remember uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, I went to a pastor's retreat in Rio Dosa, and I, I went with... Um, that's how you say Riadoso in, 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 uh, in Texan, you say Riadosa. And uh, I'm, real, I'm working on y'all this morning, man. I know my jokes are bad, but they're going to get worse, all right? And I went on this pastor's retreat with a bunch of uh, pastors actually from Lubbock, I uh, went with, uh, I was actually put on by Church on the Rock, just great people over there. It was really, really good for me, too, being new to town. I got to meet a bunch of pastors and in town and, and hang out with them and and play golf and see their real side, because that's what happens when you play golf, but they saw mine, too. And uh, no, it was just a really, really good weekend, and and um, they broke us up into groups, and I actually got put with a, a younger pastor from San Antonio, and and. uh he was he was kind of like half he's like bivocational he was in the ministry helping with the church but he also had his own job and uh, he was working in the business world but he was he's just one of these really intellectual guys and we got into this group and we were actually getting there to pray for one another and actually prophesy over one another and uh, he began to share his heart. And I began to ask questions because I felt like the Lord was showing me something. And I could just tell that he had this, this really big desire to do ministry. And when he said the word ministry, I, I, it's like I, I could see what he was saying. Ministry meant him full time in the church. If he felt called to ministry, and in order for him to fulfill the call of God on his life, he he thought, I've got to be full-time in the church. Once I get full-time on staff somewhere, I'll actually be fulfilling the call and be, um, be in ministry. The problem is, is that my prophetic word was opposite of that. The problem was, is that I actually saw him doing both. I actually saw him actually advancing and, and doing things in the business world and also doing things in the church world. And so uh, just like, uh, just like uh, most people, if you're trained in the, in the prophetic, you, you don't just you come right out with what you're saying. You kind of ask a couple of questions. But sometimes when you ask the question, it doesn't help the prophetic word you're about to give. Because I was like, hey, do you see yourself doing business? And he's like, no, man, I just want to be all in the ministry. I'm like, sweet, All right. All right, Lord, am I still hearing you? He's like, Yeah, you're still hearing me. I need you to tell him this. It's like, all right. So I was like, Are you sure? No, I'm I was like, <clears throat> and but I, I felt the Lord and I felt the anointing come upon me. I even got just teary-eyed as I told him. And I just looked at him, I said, Hey, I need you to know this. The kingdom of God is huge. The kingdom is massive. The kingdom of God, is, it's bigger than church. The kingdom of God is bigger than a mission trip. The kingdom of God is bigger than living your life in Africa for the Lord. The kingdom of God is bigger than, than community outreach. It's bigger than what, we, what we're going to do for the next 20 minutes. The kingdom of God is huge. You know what the kingdom, the kingdom is all those things. It's church, it's missions, it's community outreach. But you know what the kingdom of God also is? The kingdom of God is also fun. The kingdom of God is creativity. The kingdom of God is music. The kingdom of God is being artistic. It's dance, it's art. The kingdom of God is big. This phrase really, really helped me when I was trying to understand the kingdom of God. All of the church fits in the kingdom, but not all of the kingdom fits in the church. The kingdom's big. You want to know why the kingdom's so big? Because the kingdom's in you. And the kingdom's in me. The religious people in Jesus' time, they came to Jesus and they said, they said, Jesus, when's your kingdom going to come? Where are you going to set it up? And you know what Jesus' response was? The kingdom's among you right now. Another translation says that the kingdom is within you. Did you know that the kingdom actually rests within us? That it's in you. That it's in me. That God wants to establish his kingdom. What is his kingdom? It's his rule. It's his reign. It's his dominion. I think the best definition for the kingdom of God, it is the will of heaven coming to earth. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom is the will of heaven being done now on earth. And you know what God, you know how God wants to do it? He wants to do it with you. He wants to do it with me. You're saying, does he know who I am? Does he know me? Yeah, he knows you, and he chooses to, chooses to use you. The kingdom's in you. We are called to bring the kingdom to every area of life. Kingdom to our businesses. Kingdom to our family. Kingdom to our church. Kingdom to our workplace. Kingdom to, to the fun that we have. brain and Leanne, they're, 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 they kind of look at me as the fun pastor. Like, one of my jobs is to be fun. I'm like, sweet, because I ain't got to do nothing. I just got to be me, because I'm, I, I, even, even, I remember four or five years ago, I went to Bethel for the first time, and I'm always kind of been this, I just, honestly, if it ain't fun, I'm probably not going to do it, which doesn't always work out in being a pretty mature person, and a dad, and a pastor of a church, but I'm working on all that, but I, if it ain't fun, I don't want to do it. And the Lord told me, I went on this trip, and, and as, I, as, I, as I left, he, he just told me, he said, hey, Keith, there's more, there's more to that fun thing than you think. I've actually made you that way. I've actually called, called you to that. You know what I've realized? People, there's a kid in here, people stink at having fun. Some people literally don't know how to have fun they don't have fun. I'm like, what do you mean? Like how do you you're so you're so not fun. Let me help you. Just come be around me and let me show you how to be fun. The kingdom is fun. The kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now let me now I want to say the phrase again. The kingdom of God is huge. And there is massive amounts of opportunity in the kingdom. You want to talk about kingdom opportunity? It's actually boundless, limitless. So today I want to talk to you about how to be ready. How do we become ready for the opportunities that the kingdom brings? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. We ask you to speak to us. Thank you for speaking. Yeah, thank you for leading, Holy Spirit. Just like Leanne said, we just, we put our heart and we turn our affection towards you. Right now, even in this moment, as we're listening, our heart is connected. It's tied to yours. We're looking at you. We ask you, God, to speak. Yeah, in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Um, Does anyone know someone maybe in their life or you know of someone and they really, really struggle with saying the word no? They don't know how to say no to anything. Some of you are like, yeah, I know a person like that. It's me. It's me. There's tons of books that have come out helping these people who don't know how to say no. There's books, I think Havla uh, Cunnington, she, she wrote a book called Healthy Boundaries, I think is what it's called. And there's all this talk about margin and boundaries. And, you know, hey, as a leader, let your yeses define your noes. And there's all this really, really great, cool one-liners that, of course, I did not come up with. But they're all about, they're all helping these people who, who don't really know how to say no to things. It's hard for us sometimes, right, especially in, in, in our relationship with God. When we get around people, we think, you know, if, if we were to look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, be like Jesus, Jesus doesn't actually say no. He's kind. He's loving. He helps all kinds of people. My mom was this way. She, she, she will She'll spend her own health, her own money, her own time to help everyone else except herself. What do we find about these types of people who don't know how to say no? We find that a lot of times they get taken advantage of, don't they? They, they just, they get abused in a lot of ways. You know why? Because everyone knows they'll say yes. Here's one no, that I, here's one no I just want to get it out there just, just, for, just for me as a pastor. I will say no to anyone who asks me to help them move. I realize I'm 36 now. I think I've done my due diligence. I've helped a ton of people. It's time for the young bucks to come up and help people move. And anybody else agree? Anybody else just want to jump on my bandwagon and say, Let's, just let the church know if you've got to move, don't ask me. Raise your hand. <clears throat> I know this is, is you kind of have to go with me on, on this one. But with those types of people, it's almost like they're yes- their yes to everything attracts more opportunities to help people. And I know I've kind of been talking that in a negative light, but I actually want to flip it over into a positive analogy here. Your yes, your yes to the Father, your yes to the kingdom will attract kingdom opportunity into your life. You're yes to the kingdom. You're yes to God. You're yes to what he wants to do. You know what it actually does? It attracts more kingdom opportunity into your world. I had the Lord give me this phrase, and I wanted to, just to read it to you. He said, kingdom opportunity comes when there's a yes sitting in your heart. I know that's kind of a little bit weird language, but I, I, want, I want to read it to you again. Kingdom opportunity comes when there is a yes sitting in your heart. Kingdom opportunity comes when there's a yes waiting right here. When, 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 when you're surrendered to God and, and he knows when he comes to you and he, 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 he asks you something, that already before he even asks, there's just yes saying, Lord, I'm surrendered to you. Lord, I want to follow you. Lord, I want what you want for my life over what I want for my life. Lord, I have a yes in my heart waiting for you. I think the Lord brings opportunities to people who don't know how to say no to him. They just got a hard time saying no to God. Lord, you want me to jump out and start my own business? <clears> hmm. <throat> Why you got to do this to me, God, but yes. Lord, you want me to pray for that coworker who is so annoying? <sighs> yes. Lord, you want me to call that person and tell them that I forgive them when they ain't done nothing to receive that forgiveness? I'm not gonna do that, Lord. I want you to do it. Okay, yes. See, opportunity in the kingdom is actually attracted to a yes in your heart. Because you know what a yes in your heart is? It's called surrender. It's surrender. I'm surrendered to Him. Matthew 6, we just read it. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, kingdom opportunity is attracted to a yes. What does it say? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. You know what that means? It means that I'm surrendered to his kingdom First. I've surrendered my will. I've surrendered my wants, my desires. I'm going to move them down in the, in the, in the chain of, of command, in the order. I'm going to say, all right, first, second, third, fourth, wherever I need to put my desires, I'm going to put them there because I know what number one is. Jesus was very, very clear. Number one is surrender to the kingdom. It's first him. My yes is to him. And notice the promise. Leave that up there. Notice the promise to your yes. All these things will be added to you. Your yes attracts it. Some are like, ooh, you're getting close into over that prosperity message right now, pastor. You're about to start saying like, is God a genie bottle? We can just rub it and get whatever we want. No. But I will preach scripture. And he says when we seek first the kingdom of God, guess what? Our life gets taken care of. When we when we we put a yes in our heart and we put Him first, things actually get a things from the kingdom. They come to us, and it's so much bigger than stuff. I'm talking about wisdom, attracted, influence, opportunity to lead, growth in the king, growth personally. It just, it begins, Opportunities just become, begin to be like an invitation to you. It's just like, hear me today. When you operate this way, when you put a yes in your heart and you are surrendered, you won't have to kick down any doors of opportunity. Not quite sure if we really believe that, so I'm just gonna wait, have a long pause. When we do this, We don't have to knock down doors of opportunity because you know what he promises? I'll take care of your life. You put me first, you seek after me, invitations come, opportunity comes to you. Money actually, money will chase you down instead of you having to chase down money. Influence will chase you down instead of you having to chase influence. Promotion will come your way. We don't, it's not this, living in the kingdom is not this striving and this working very, very hard to, to, like some of y'all are trying to knock through the drywall. There ain't even a door there. I got to make a door here. If you feel like you're making your own door, you are. Deep right there. Go ahead and tweet that. You probably are. Now in, in the kingdom, is there are there times when you have to, when you, when you to kind of push through that door and you gotta risk it? Yeah, but the best part is he'll just kind of creak it open and say, hey, take a look in there. Now go for it, boom, through the door you go. Opportunity has come to me in my own life. Gosh, I can't tell you how many opportunities have come my way. And newsflash, I ain't anything special. I'm just a child like you. But you know what I've learned to do when opportunity comes my way? I've learned to say yes. In fact, I would go as far as to say, there was a little yes already sitting in my heart. And it all happened when I was 15, 16 years old. And I told the Lord. I'd given my life to him. He filled me with his spirit. And I just told him the best. This is kind of what everyone, this is the most surrendered we can get. That's what we all say. Lord, if you want me to go and be a missionary in Africa, I'll do it. Y'all are all laughing because y'all said the same thing. The ultimate surrender. The ultimate, what, what will you do? And I just told him, Lord, if, it, if it's to, Do this or to do that wherever you want me. I wanna I wanna be where you want me to be. That is my ultimate desire. In opportunity after opportunity after opportunity has come. I'm not talking about big jobs, I'm not talking about promotions. I'm I'm talking about, hey, you're the quarterback of the football team. I want you to be the leader. Lord, I don't want to be the leader, you're the leader. Oh. All right, yes. Oh, you're in college, I want you to lead a, a Bible study in your dorm room. Lord, nobody's even helping me. No, I don't even know anything. I want you to say yes, yes. I say yes, I'm surrendered, whatever you want, yeah. I want you to be, I want you to actually get up and preach your first message and you know your pastor shouldn't have put you up there. Okay, yes. The opportunity has come. It's has attract, been attracted because I, I believe it's because I've had this yes in my heart. You know, there's a story in scripture about the rich young ruler and he comes to Jesus. And this dude was impressive. He said, what do I have to do to to inherit eternal life? And Jesus like, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. And he said, I've actually done all of that. Is there anything else? And Jesus does what only Jesus can do. And he gets all the way to his heart. He said, if you wanna be perfect, He said, go and sell all of your possessions. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. Many of us can't get past the sacrifice in that story. Sell all his possessions. He was rich, he had to give it all away and give it to the poor. But what we don't see is we don't actually see the kingdom opportunity that came his way. You know the opportunity that he got? Come and follow Jesus. This opportunity came, the opportunity was to spend his life with Jesus. In the flesh, following him, walking, getting to see the miracles, getting to learn, getting to be taught from Jesus himself. Hear me today, it wasn't about the money. It was about his heart. And ultimately Jesus went to the place and said, are you surrendered or not? And it says the man went away sad because he had a lot of money. He wasn't surrendered all the way to the Lord. And you know what happened? He missed out on the kingdom opportunity. Are you seeing this today? It's there. It's not to scare us. It's not it's just truth. Here's the good news. All of us, we're on a journey when it comes to our surrender. You can actually be 100% surrendered right now, but not really be 100% surrendered. Does that make sense? Like, to the best of your knowledge, you are surrendered. Until the Lord comes and says, hey, I want you to give me this. Oh, shoot. I thought I was surrendered. Surrendered. You know what surrender does? It attracts kingdom opportunity. And guess what kingdom opportunity brings? Sometimes it brings another chance to surrender. <laughs> but I also love the story in Scripture when it talks about Jesus. and He's with his disciples. This is before he's about to get on the cross and he preaches a message and he says, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part of me. I don't know if you've ever read that story before. Jesus doesn't stop and explain what he means. He doesn't say, hey, when I say the flesh, you know, I'm really talking about the bread of life and it's an analogy and my, my blood. He said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be my dis- d- disciple. And guess what? The majority of the disciples walked out. They said, I followed this man as long as I could follow him. Now he's getting weird. This can't be right. I'm out. And then gangster Jesus. That's what I call him in this moment turns to his his 12 disciples and goes, you want to go too? Literally what he says. You want to leave too? The door's right there. But you know what Peter says? Peter says, he says, where would we go? Where else would we go? Where else would we go but be with you? We know you're the true son of God. We know, you're the, we know who you are because when you speak, we hear and receive life every time you open your mouth. Where would we go? Hey, Jesus, we're ride or die with you. We're with you. You wanna talk about surrender? You wanna talk about pushing them to the limit? You know what I see in those disciples? They got a yes sitting in their heart. I may not understand it. I may not understand what you're even talking about God. But my answer to you is yes. Yes. Can I just say this? I think it worked out pretty good for the disciples. I think they were used. I think they got a lot of kingdom opportunity. Maybe we could all all agree they had quite a bit of influence. They touched a lot of people. A lot of people were saved through them and they were presented with an opportunity. And because they had a yes, they capitalized. I wanna ask you today, is there a yes in your heart? Come on, we're, we're all on a journey, it's fine. Right now, is there a yes in your heart? Because if there is, you'll be ready for the next opportunity. You won't miss it. It won't pass you by. If you, how many of you have ever heard of FOMO? There's no such thing. There's no, you, you won't experience FOMO with a yes in your heart. You should have no fear of missing out. You should have no fear that the opportunity is going to pass you by, that you're going to miss it, that you're not going to recognize the door. When you have a yes in your heart, God is so good. He, he knows how dumb we are. He knows how long it takes for us to get the picture. If he wants you there, he will get you there. You got a yes in your heart. You'll hear him. You'll recognize him. You'll see the door. You'll see the opportunity. You'll know something will stir in your spirit. Say, I got to say yes to this. It don't make sense. It won't make me any money. I don't, Lord, I, I don't even have the time to do this. Yeah, but I need you to say yes and figure it out. Okay, God, yes. Thanks again for listening today.